Peter Weir. Delightful little chip forward. San Jose, the covering player for Mark McGee. Stewart's waiting in the middle. Yeah, that is a magnificent goal for Aberdeen. Welcome to what is a bit of a bonus episode of the By The Minute Aberdeen podcast. We're just going back straight in with the same crew that were in the last podcast, so welcome again to Jody Jameson and to Martin Klunitz. Good evening, guys. Good evening, Richard. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Excellent. So we're recording this on Wednesday evening in the wake of Hibbs' defeat at Tynecastle, 2-1 to Hearts and what was a quite brutal game of football, but uh, it was the result which confirmed Aberdeen will finish in the top three, certainly. Um, it's not what we're aiming for over the course of the weekend, but it does mean that European football will definitely be back at Petodre next season. So we'll discuss that as well as uh, last night's game at Ibrox before a preview of the final league game of the season against Celtic on Sunday. But yeah, this will just be a sort of add-on bonus board to the last one. So 15-20 minutes and a short listen for you. So firstly, to last night's game. Now, um, I think the uh, surprise, uh, I think some people probably saw it coming, Martin, was that uh, Guy McKay-Steven, who'd been ruled out by the manager um, on the press conference the day before, made the starting eleven. Yeah, well... As, as we were as we were recording, it was just been announced, so um, you know, kind of fear, feared the worst. Uh, but you know, it was another another bit of mind games by Derek. I mean, Mackay Stephen, he didn't look to be carrying any kind of knock throughout the game uh, yesterday as well, which which was surprising. I suppose it's just you know, a little bit of trying to throw throw Rangers off their off their track, which you know, I'm always up for a bit of mind games. Um, but yeah. Uh, he didn't look like he was carrying any ill effects. He had a decent game. A um, few moments here and there where he possibly could have done better. But uh, Mackay Stephen was one of the guys who we were looking forward to um, getting in about some of their fullbacks. Uh, so it was really good to see him on the pitch. Delighted to have him on the park. So he's playing on the left hand side, uh, Jody. And the obviously in the last couple of games you've had. Mackay Stephen on the right and I'm again on the left. But it meant he was up against Tavernier uh, rather than spending any time going up against uh, the makeshift left back on the other side, uh, Andy Halliday. Are you quite surprised that you didn't see um, Guy Mackay Stephen get a chance to go at Andy Halliday, especially after he was on a booking? Yeah, a little bit. Especially considering like um, Tavernier, one of the things with him has been that he can. He has always been very good going forward, but was a bit suspect at the back. But in fairness, he has improved a bit um, over the past year or two as a defender. Whereas Andy Halliday is just out to lunch at left back. So <laughs> getting a bit of Gary McKay Stevens' pace against him would have been, I thought, the plan from the off. So I was a little bit surprised to see him line up on the left. I know a lot of people like to see the left-footed guy on the left and whatever, but... I would I would have much preferred to have seen Mackay Stephen running at Andy Halliday and just daring him to have a decent game, which, I mean, we've seen what Halliday's done at left-back over the past month or so, and he's no idea what he's doing. So I was surprised to see Mackay Stephen start up against Tavernier, but 
Um, I mean, still, first half performance, which we'll get to, obviously, was pretty decent, so it's hard to complain too much on that. Yeah, I, and we'll come back to the other reasons for the lack of width on that right-hand side of our attack later on. Obviously, Ryan Christie playing out there. Um, but that first half, the visitors started quite well, knocked the ball about, had a half-chance to Morelos, which uh, Joe Lewis saved comfortably enough. Uh, but we get penalty kick. Martin, any quibbles over it? Well, obviously we're delighted we got it, but um, I think if you look at the TV replays, it, Morales does get the ball first. Not that that's necessarily the be-all, end-all when it comes to those decisions, but it's, it's a little bit soft, isn't it? It, it is a little bit soft, but um, like like Eddie McLean said on the, on the, the interview after the game, um, it's a striker's challenge. Uh, the guy needs to... If you don't know, you don't want to go in like that. If you're good, if you can't, want to risk giving away a penalty. So um, it was, it's soft, but you know, it is a penalty. Um, I can't really have any complaints about it. And um, it was, it was a bit of a blessing, really, because up until that point, you know, they'd seen, they'd had the lion's share of the ball. Um, they were, it looked, it did look like it was going to be a long night for us. Um, and then you get forward, you get that penalty decision. Kenny slots it away coolly, um, and suddenly it's a different game. And so uh, the Aberdeen heads just were all up. We looked like, with look, well, without having you know, lots and lots of chances on goal, we looked like the team that was dominating the game. We had heaps of the ball. Uh, the passing was great. When we were, when we didn't have possession, we were in their face. Uh, they weren't getting minutes on the ball. I mean, you saw for the, the brief period that Dorans was on the pitch, he did nothing other than moan at the referee because he knew fine that they were in a game. Um, and that's that's delighted to see that a guy who is now Doris is a decent player, but he contributed nothing other than moaning at the referee, which is just fantastic to see as an Aberdeen fan that we've we are upsetting them and they're th- totally thrown off track. Yeah, it was it was a really positive first half performance uh, after that goal, really up and at them, and I think deriving from the midfield three and. Uh, Dominic Ball had a had a really good first half. James Shinney was his usual self, and Kenny McLean scores uh, wins and scores the penalty kick, and then has a, a cracking thirty yarder off the bar. Uh, an effort which is made because Dominic Ball is really tenacious and, and and gets the ball back and it puts him into space in a good position as well. Were you impressed with that three on um, during that, especially during that first half, Jody? Yeah, definitely. I thought after, like like you say, they started the better side until we scored. And just on the penalty, by the way, I'd have probably sworn off Scottish football forever if that had been given against us, to be honest. So, um, But yeah, um, like Kenny McLean in particular, his last couple of seasons have been really strange where like it feels like he's been a total second half, second half of the season player. Like he started last season a bit slow and then really came on to a game after Christmas and he's done the same again this year. Dominic Ball again, Another another solid game. You know what you're going to get for Shinny as well. And it was just pleasing. Obviously, we'll get on the second half. But it was pleasing after the way we've played against them this season. That the midfield really just took control for that sort of last half hour of the first half and really just dominated the game. And even though we didn't create that many clear-cut chances, it was a wee bit frustrating at halftime to only go in 1-0 up. Yeah, and the momentum and the, the atmosphere was certainly with us, and I think everyone was delighted with what they'd seen from that Aberdeen team for the last 35 minutes of that half. But the second half, we come out, and there's a slight change to the, to the Rangers' shape, but also we're not getting in about them quickly enough. We allow them to have very easy possession, albeit not in threatening areas of the park, and their support, you know, who had been absolutely silent from the 14th minute or whatever it was when McLean scored, 
got back into the game. They had a chance initially with Morelos, who, who who really should be scoring with that diving header, but he does what Morelos does and puts it straight at the goalkeeper. It, it's that okay halftime. Maybe come you can argue it came at a bad time for us, but uh, I'm sure Derek McInnes sent his team out to do the same again. But maybe he was a bit late to in adapting to the tactical switch that uh, the visitors made, Martin. Perhaps he was, yeah. I mean, you saw that, they, that Jimmy Nicol had sent them out really early for the second half, which is one of the oldest tricks in the book. Um, supporters kind of fed off of that and were making lots of noise and got right behind their team. And you, quite rightly, you say that no, they've made no noise at all, really, in the first half. Um, the players maybe kind of fed off of that. I mean, I did think that they did they did see a lot more of the ball and they, they were much better in the second half without ever really, you know, threatening. I thought that when they got forward, everything was kind of rash or snatched. They didn't have anything what you would call as like really totally clean-cut efforts or chances on goal where there was a scramble in the box. You know, it was They were panicked, which we were you know, kind of there kind of like that as well. There was a lack of composure from both sides at certain points. Uh, but yeah, they kind of they changed it ever so slightly. Derek you know, didn't really react. And then, I mean, you know, the su- substitutions possibly in the second half could have been made at a different time. I mean, um, I was surprised that um, Sam Cosgrove lasted. lasted. Um, I thought that Steve McLean looked like he wanted to, wanted to send him off. I was really worried that he was going to be a victim of a poor refereeing decision because I don't think the booking that he got was really was really merited. Uh, but you know, he was on the pitch. He did pretty well. Um, but I'd like to see maybe some changes from Aberdeen a little bit earlier than that. And then I mean, you see what one minute for Rooney. I think maybe eight or nine for Stevie May when um, we really could have probably chased it and got ourselves back into the game a little bit um, a little bit earlier. Bit like uh, Saturday for me, Jody. Uh, disappointing as the home side in that situation that we're not more desperate to get the three points. Yeah, and like, I, I, I really didn't understand like bringing on Rooney with a minute to go. If you want him to have an impact, give him a wee bit of time on the field. You know, like, I, I mean, I, I, how often have you ever seen a striker come on with a minute to go and actually score? You know, it's just, it's just one of those things. I agree, I agree with uh, Cosgrove's booking being a little bit harsh, especially when you compare it to the challenge by Goss in the first half that didn't draw a book in. It was just that, that that was a wee bit strange, but yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen Rooney on for Cosgrove a lot earlier than the 89th minute. Now, um, someone that lasted the 90 minutes on uh, last, on Tuesday night was Ryan Christie. Um, now he, in TV, has played his last game for Aberdeen after two spells, 18 months here on loan. Um, the last few months have definitely not have been, definitely not been his best work, but he has still been contributing assists and. The fact is, nobody else in the side during that time, apart from Kenny McLean, has really come in and taken over the mantle of creator from Ryan Christie. Partly because Christie's still getting the minutes, I suppose, and other people are being peripheral. Um, But, Martin, is it a case of Ryan Christie of um, talent versus form, or is it just that people have worked him out now? Um, I think it's it's really down to form. Um, You know, was a period early in the season where he was the guy who was who was pretty much doing you know a lot of the work for us, and he was the kind of one who's the eye catch and stuff. That has been Kenny McLean ever since the announcement that Kenny McLean is going to be going, and we got him back on loan. 
Kenny McLean has became sort of this this sort of different, almost different player. He's, I mean, last night um, in that game, he just he was a he was a superstar. Um, that's that, that. I thought last night was arguably his best game in an Aberdeen shirt. He just he just played like played like an absolute warrior. Uh, but Ryan Christie, so I just the form just isn't there. He's still clearly a really talented player, and there's flashes of when he gets on the ball, he's capable of beating a man, and he can find passes that other players that we have at the club you know, can't find. Uh, but unfortunately for him, I think that as soon as it was announced that he would be going back to Celtic, and they were wanting to take him back anyway, um, rather than you know, and we don't know what will happen. Though there's still a possibility that he might he might leave, and you know, we may see him back. We never know. But I think that. It, the, the dip in form did coincide with the news that he will be go, will definitely be going back to Celtic, even if it is just for them to have a look at him anyway. Uh, Jody, if say Ryan Christie becomes available in the summer, do you go in for him on, in your opinion, and what's your ceiling as to how much you pay for him? I would definitely go in for him because I think that like it, it's one of those things. If we if we thought we could if if we were keeping Kenny McLean and we thought we would get the Kenny McLean from the second half of the season more regularly, then it might not be so pressing, but I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that we're going to need midfielders, and we're going to need a few in the summer. In terms of ceiling, I, I don't always like to talk about it because it's not my money, but um, I mean, Celtic paid half a million for him. Um, I think I think it would be tough to get him for that same amount of money. If you could, I'd be quite happy. I mean, I, I'd imagine gone are the days that we're paying anything close to a million pounds for a player, but... Um, I, if if you can get him for half a million or something like that, then absolutely, I think it's a bit of business that should be done. But it's it's a tough one. But yeah, if 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 that can happen, then I definitely go for him. If they're asking for a hell of a lot more than that, then you probably look at other options. Okay, so the intention tonight is just for it to be a, a very brief podcast. We'll pro- possibly come back to uh, Tuesday night's game. When we do a podcast after the uh, the Celtic game on Sunday to wrap up the season, uh, but news tonight has um, for Aberdeen is that we've qualified for European football. Definitely Europa League qualifying round to Aberdeen next season and a top three league finish at least top three as a result of Hibs losing at Tynecastle tonight. So they cannot now catch Aberdeen, and it's very unlikely that they will catch the Rangers as well. Um, I've seen the argument put forward quite a few times, Martin, by people that, oh, you know, what's the point in the Europa League qualifiers? Why are we bothering? You know, it's just a a day on the piss for the supporters. But, um, I mean, the reality is we've qualified 33 times now for Europe, I think, in our history. Maybe three or four times we've actually had a chance of winning a tournament. So it's never been the case that you go into Europe thinking that, oh, yeah, we can win here. But... Surely it's it's something which is really in the club's, <laughs> they've hijacked this phrase for their own marketing ends, but it's in the club's DNA, isn't it? It absolutely is, yeah. <laughs> it is right, you're right, it is in the club's DNA. Um, yeah, it's, it is, a, I mean, it is a good thing. Uh, I can understand why people would see it as being, no, especially with the, obviously the early start, um, I think it's still, it's, no, it's, I think it's June is the first no, no, no not this year. It's been moved back a few years, so it's it's few years, few weeks. So it's uh, it's probably even the first round probably starts around the same time as those League Cup group stages. So it's actually not quite as bad. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah, it's by it's into July now, isn't it? So I mean, it's 
it's you know I can see why people would be annoyed about that, thinking that the season is the start, the season starting very early, whereas the guys could be you know spending some time you know nice easy non-testing pre-season friendlies. But European football is is what Aberdeen does. You know we we all of us will crow on about how we've won two European trophies, which the club has. Uh, so to then to now say all oh, that European football no it doesn't matter because we don't have a chance of winning anything uh, because it's an inconvenience. Or because no, we don't have a chance of getting to the group stages. I don't. I don't really understand it. Um, you want to play in Europe. You want to play against these teams. Okay, you have to you know, negotiate a couple of rounds against some tricky, you know, maybe perhaps Eastern European or you no, know, God forbid, some you know, travel to nearly China to play a game. But it's you no, know, it's European football. You know, you want to get there so you can maybe get you can get a bigger timing. It's only it's been only ten years since we played Atletico Madrid and Bayern Munich, so um, it's there's every possibility, you know, that you know, if the stars align, we can get into the group stages and get another big tie, which is you know, but then that would the any kind of doubt from anybody would evaporate because you know you want to see Aberdeen versus a German team or a Spanish team. Jody, your decks are hugely stacked, obviously against us making an impact in Europe, but you still want to be in there and test yourself and try and improve yourself as well when you're facing uh, European opposition, surely. Yeah, and that's the thing. You, like, As difficult as it is going to be to get to the playoff or get to the group stage or whatever, it's it's better to be there. And like like you say, with the with the schedule this year, it's going to be round about the time the League Cup's starting anyway. So I'd much rather be playing European ties than, being, than playing like teams from League 2 or League 1 or whatever in the League Cup groups. So... I mean, Europe's always going to be important to the club. Whether we can make an impact or not remains to be seen. But I'd rather, I'd rather get in and not make an impact than not be there at all. So yeah, it's definitely a positive to me. And I mean, if, if I had my way, we would qualify for Europe every single season. Yeah, I mean that's five years running now under Derek McInnes. It had been, uh, you know, I know people are tired with the old, oh, imagine what life, you know, what life was like before McInnes. But it was five qualifications in nineteen seasons prior to uh, this spell under Derek McInnes. So uh, we should never treat it as a, as granted that we're going to qualify for Europe. Um, and yes, who knows? It, it may just we might be out of it before the league starts, which is always. A very depressing evening when that happens, but as I say, it's, it's uh, you have to be in it to give yourself a chance of um, qualf- of of doing something, of doing something noteworthy. And, and yeah, no one thought that Jimmy Calderwood's team would would get to the group stages. The the path was a, a, a lot easier then, I guess. But um, this uh, is a team now that should have a degree of experience, and you know, it's not impossible that we can navigate our way through the qualifying rounds and. And actually do something which would be beneficial not just to the supporters who would enjoy it, but to the uh, coffers of the club as well. So uh, Europa League qualifying rounds will be coming around in July. We'll spend our summers worrying about the coefficients and who we might draw. Um, and again, it's just that added something. So I hope you've all got your holiday request forms that they're ready for tomorrow morning for the boss to sign off. Um we're not quite done with the league season though yet, and obviously second place is still very much up for grabs and very much in our own hands. But we go to a venue where we've got an unbelievably atrocious record on Sunday. We go to Parkhead, where we've had 25 straight league defeats. Uh, quite remarkable, we've we've won twice in the Scottish Cup in, in that time there, but uh, yeah, haven't won in the league since uh, Jimmy Caldwood's first season and John Stewart's last minute winner. 
However, they drew nil nil at home to Kilmarnock tonight. Um, not the first time they've dropped points to Kilmarnock this season. I don't think they've actually beaten Kilmarnock while Stevie Clark's been there. But I wonder if that's maybe indicative of uh, a team with a foot off the gas. And you can't underestimate the importance of motivation in a game like this, can you, Jody? No, absolutely. And I think when it comes down to Celtic this season, like as untouchable as they seemed last season, they have been a little more, a little more just human, really, this season. So, as much as our record down there is terrible, there can't be any fear going into this game. And as we know, as we know, and as we've spoken about. If we go down there and get get a win, then second place is in our hands and it doesn't matter what happens at Easter Road on Sunday. So it's interesting to actually look at the team that Celtic fielded tonight as well because um, they had Miller and Hendry as their fullbacks. So, I mean, obviously they've got the cup final coming up on Saturday next week. So there is a possibility as well that we might catch them, like you say, kind of playing out the league season, maybe resting a few players as well for the cup final and... It's as, it's as good an opportunity as any as we're going to have to win down there, so why not this Sunday? Yeah, and I suppose on the flip side, Martin, they are getting the league trophy presented this season, so they won't want to have that completely spoiled. But I just wonder if, if we will actually need a point anyway. Uh, the Rangers obviously go to Easter Road. We need to at least match their result. But even though Hibs have got a very, very, very slim chance of uh, finishing ahead of them in third, I think they need to win six by six goals on Sunday against them. Um, I, I can still absolutely see Hibs winning that game, can't you? I definitely can, yeah. Um, uh, I think that uh, Raiders are going to have a couple of suspensions on Sunday as well, so that'll, that'll possibly help us. As, help us. Hibs, you know, do you think Neil Lennon needs any motivation to try and to want to beat Rangers? Of course he doesn't. Um, so that's something there where he's going to he's going to be going all out to try and get get something from that game as well. Um, so, but the, the chances that we might not we might not need a point. But the thing is that you know you can't go into thinking that you want it you want it in your own hands. It is in our own hands. Um, so the importance is kind of getting down there. You know, Derek. You know, it, it was we didn't weren't able to pick up everything that was said on the, on the pitch at the end of the game because the TV people were talking over it. But you know, it, there was there was talk that you know it was a point. You know, um, could have been more. You know, we, we got something good out of that ga- the game last night when it could you know it could have been it could have been a lot worse. Um, so there is certainly you know. It's in our hands. I mean, I don't know what else we can we can ask for. You know, if you if you have, if you're asked with you know with one game to go in the season, um, all you need to do is get one win, and you're guaranteed second place. You would take it. Um, you know, ideally it would have been sewn up before now, but it hasn't been. Um, the league is the league is a little more competitive this season. It's just something we have to cope with. But um, I would I would imagine that you know we could go there and lose that. I still think we will we will finish second, but. Um, I don't want to. T- I don't want to like go leave it to someone else. Uh, yeah, and that that was never the implication of my question. I oh, guess, no. but yeah, I understand that. But you've, we've seen in you know, in times gone by, um, what was it? Uh, was it Helicopter Sunday where you know Rangers and Hibs just played out the last fifteen minutes of a game, barely barely doing a thing. Um, you know, we don't want to see a situation like that happening where you know they're they're both happy with their lot or whatever. So uh, we need to do the business for ourselves. Uh, just briefly, you talk about suspensions. We're going to miss Scott McKenna on Saturday, on Sunday rather. Uh, he is suspended. Um, I kind of feel over the last couple of games, Jody, that he 
kind of needs a close season rest now, except he's probably not going to get one, is he? Because he's going to go away with Scotland. Yeah, it's not like... It, it might have felt like a bigger miss um, a couple of months ago, to be honest. McKenna's, McKenna's form over the past couple of games, uh, past few weeks, hasn't been great. I thought, I, I thought he had a poor game at Hamden against Motherwell. I didn't think he had a great game at Tynecastle either the week before. Last night he was a bit of fault for their goal. You know, it's it's he, he does need a rest, and like you say, he's probably going to go away with Scotland, so that's going to be a, a problem for us. But um, it's it's not as big a mess as it could have been, to be honest. I'd obviously rather have him there, but um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll be able to replace him reasonably well. I mean, Ar- Carry Arneson, I suppose, might come in. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't feel it's as big a mess as it could have been, just with the way his form's been recently. Well, what do you think, Martin? I reckon it's probably more likely maybe Considine to left-sided centre back and Reynolds to left back, or I would imagine Reynolds. Reynolds would come in um, again, probably left, probably left side. Um, yeah, we're. I don't. I mean, we're, I, I would imagine we wouldn't be going with a three. Please, God, say we don't go with a three. Uh, so yeah, I would imagine Ren- Reynolds will probably come in. Um, Keep the same in midfield, Ball, Shinny, McLean. I think I think you would. I mean, you can't. I mean, I couldn't justify dropping any of them. And what about up top? Because so, obviously Christie won't be available. Christie obviously won't be available, so you've got to do something there. I mean, I you know, depending on if McGinn's available or not. Um, you know, if McGinn's available, then I would put McGinn straight in. Um, you're not going to start Cosgrove in a game like that away from home, though, are you? You want a bit more mobility, a bit more pace. Now, who, you know, <laughs> thing is, uh, Nicky Maynard is definitely not starting, is he? Well, Nicky Maynard hasn't started. No, I mean, it's going to. I would, I would be very surprised if he started Rooney as well. Um, I think it's probably it's 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 built for Stevie May. Um, I would be, I would actually be, I would be dumbstruck if if Rooney gets a start. No. Um, as much as I think Rooney is the best striker at the club, I don't think he would, I don't think it's in McInnes's nature to to start him in a game like that. Although uh, maybe I'd be delighted to be proved wrong. All right. Well, we'll keep you updated with uh, events at Parkhead on Sunday, both on Twitter and with a full minute by minute on the website. Uh, thank you very much uh, for giving us another twenty-five minutes of the insight to Martin Cleaners. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. And thanks again to Jody Jameson. Cheers, guys. So on the night where the Dons qualified for Europe again, uh, we say good night and we will see you after the final game of the season at Parkhead, where hopefully we can, you know, break what is a quite embarrassing run of defeats down there. So all it means to be said is come on you Reds.